I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. October 26, 2020. Pumpkin Day and Conquering the Things That Hold Us Down. Awesome Today is a mostly daily show about stuff that might be awesome. Don't overcomplicate it. It's barely edited and sometimes offensive. Enjoy it and have an awesome today. Would you? Hi. Good day. Good Monday. Good Monday. Here we are. October 26th. Of course, everyone already knows that it's National Pumpkin Day. National Pumpkin Day. You celebrated it this weekend and you didn't even know. I didn't know. AJ must have had a strong intuition about it because she was insistent that we get to the pumpkin patch. It's possible. Do you want to talk any about that or just be like... Do it yourself. I don't, I don't know. Well, with this don't year, hit me again. That's all I ask. <laughs> Just stop hitting me. Well, I have to hit you where the bruises don't show. So That's right. Nobody suspects That's it. right. That's why I wear long sleeves now. Yes. We, for the first time in my memory of living in this neighborhood, had a little pumpkin patch slash um, locally owned nursery. Yes open just literally blocks. We could have walked down there, except then it's awkward to walk pumpkins back to your house. Yeah. Um, but it's it's so close to our house. So AJ and Nico and I went over the weekend, gathered up pumpkins for the annual painting of pumpkins. Which beats the heck out of carving. Oh it's far less messy. Everybody wanted to carve. I was like, I we simply will not. Yeah. And AJ, Painting's better, you'll love it. AJ Pickley, as an art major at her school, has uh, at her fingertips a plethora of paints. Yes, so which they- she stole from the school. We've trained her <laughs> every day that she's not allowed to come in the house unless she has an item stolen from the school. I feel like it's important to instill good qualities Definitely. at a young age. Definitely. Anyway, they got the paints out. They painted their pumpkins. Now, it's cold as we are recording, but here in Oklahoma City, we're anticipating actual snow this week. Yep. That's what they say in the forecast, so we'll have to bring the pumpkins in so they don't get rent. Or will we? Yeah. <laughs> By the 
cold in the snow. So anyway, yes, happy National Pumpkin Day. Celebrate Indeed. in whatever pumpkin-y way you see fit. Well, to stay on that high note, yeah, in uh, off-camera conversation, which, yes, we do have quite regularly. And plenty of. We decided that it could be very uplifting to visit about depression, anxiety, and sadness. Woohoo! It's a great way to start the week. Why not? Well, Actually, no, really, there's good stuff here. Um, that is what we're talking about, but not from the perspective of drowning in it. Right. Uh, but of climbing out of it, conquering it. So as you all know, we have been on a journey with a couple of teachers and with our own selves mm -hmm. coming to some new understandings. It's hard to journey not with your own self. <laughs> I've tried and succeeded, but it's not easy. Um, starting with your participation in the Ignatian Spiritual Exercises, which you went through with your spiritual director. Um, Just finished. Yes. Uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Yes. And he kind of connected us to the book from uh, Julian of Norwich, mm -hmm. who I did, I did a little digging. Mother Julian, not beatified, not canonized. Right. I feel like there's a story there. Because her revelations are really profound. I, I want to, we need to discuss off camera why she has not yet been. Okay, okay. Well, um, not everybody, not everybody that is worthy gets declared so by the church. That does not mean oh, sure, of that course. they are not yeah. living the high life no, in no. full sanctity and sanctification, sanctitude. Ab absolutely. I, yeah. I totally understand that. I just, it seems like when a person has, such so much to give through their experience. Mm -hmm. Well, I can tell you part of the reason. Why. Okay, um, there was a lot of contention originally around her writing. I believe, mm, I think it was originally in Polish, but I cannot remember exactly. So don't pin me down to that. Whatever language it was originally in was not the not as familiar of a language to uh, the the string of popes and, and magisterium that would have been mm -hmm. uh, in charge. And in fact, m some of what she had written was translated incorrectly and being translated incorrectly, it said some things that the church did not agree with. It wasn't until years, centuries later okay. that it was translated correctly. And everybody's like, oh, well, yeah, that's yes, this. All right. Well, I will personally take up the cause of praying for her. Why not? To be on the path to being canonized. Anyway, that was part of it. Also, outside of the realm of conventional and traditional Christianity, I listened to and discovered the truths in Jen Sincero's book, mm -hmm. You Are a Badass. Um, we discovered our, our boy, Big D. Yes, the uh, science of getting rich. So a lot of material... All drawing on the same thing. Yeah, all that's been the astounding thing. It yes. just all, it's the same message written from a lot of different places. Yes, 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 yes. So that brings us to depression, anxiety, and sadness. But right truly, we have been thinking about it, talking about it between each other as in a different framing of it than we mm -hmm. might normally have. Because I think... Now we're looking at it in contrast to the issue, the topic of desire. So mm -hmm. why don't you kind of kick us off with talking okay. about how the the sort of Debbie Downer part okay. fits in. Okay. So 
the the Ignatian spiritual exercises was it six months, four months? I can't remember. We started it before Lent, I remember. Yeah. And so that was going back to February, right? Yeah. So it's yeah. been a minute. Yeah. It's eight months ago. Eight months ago. Yeah. And that's not too delayed for how so so there's two ways that you'd participate in those just quickly for anybody that cares or wonders one methodology which was the original methodology was actually to go away mm-hmm. into retreat right and spend the majority of your day in solitude contemplating praying and then coming together briefly with a spiritual director to continue them guiding you through the material yes and then some years back i don't know when it was uh, converted to what's called a retreat in daily life. Yes. So you have daily exercises that you complete, but you don't, I mean, who realistically anymore can just pack up and leave for a month? Right. You got kids and jobs and somebody's got to stay in quarantine, yes. right? Yes, um, yes, So this this new way of participating in it, more available to people, still with the desire that there be a spiritual director that helps you. Mm-hmm. Traverse the path, even if it's nothing more than someone to ramble what you think to, to more solidly clarify words around your thoughts. Yes. Um, Now, it's most regularly recognized as a great tool, a great practice to go through to learn how to better discern, to learn how to better ultimately make a huge life decision that you are being confronted with. Quite often... Uh, those who are looking at potentially entering into the priesthood would be encouraged to go through the exercises first. Okay, I did not know that. Mm-hmm. The same would be true for the diaconate, all kinds of stuff. Okay, all right. That being said, I didn't know. I didn't know why. Mm, I didn't know why. I just knew I needed a spiritual director, and. Really, even at the spiritual director's kind of original suggestion was this material that we cover together. Mm-hmm. Um, from the realization of what I said to him, I think he questioned his own recommendation as he got to know me and what I was after. Because at that time, I was was truly desperate to say, I, I would just like to have a real relationship with God, to recognize him, to believe that he loves me because I did not, at that stage, I'd reached a point in my life where I didn't love myself. I hated myself, uh, not to the point of suicide, but I, who knows where things could have gone if left un, unchecked. I did not love myself. I did not believe that I was lovely or lovable to anyone else either, despite affirmations and things from you. Yes. Um, and to the point that I would not allow others to love me, call it a very perverse sense of humility, right. which is not uncommon in, in at least the religious circles we grew up in, mm-hmm. um, where anytime somebody paid a compliment you did your best to deny or deflect that some other way because there couldn't possibly be something good about me. I am not good. Mm-hmm. Just Jesus. Just, yeah, just Jesus, not me. <laughs> um, and then likewise, that tied deeply into the inability to trust 
myself to trust, for lack of a better term, to trust a desire that came up yeah. within me, just automatically assuming, well, that's lust. Well, that's, if I want it, that's the evil flesh of me that wants a thing, so I damn sure better dodge it at all costs. What is the heresy from the early church that emphasized the spirit that said all things flesh was bad? I cannot that, remember if that was like Montanism. It's possible. There's a whole bunch of isms in there that all, a lot of them borrowed flawed thought from one another. Like as soon as the church kind of shut down yeah. one perspective, they just modified it to keep it alive. Okay. Well, but yes. there's like 25% of our listeners right now are screaming the name of that. Yeah, the yes. Of and good for you. Yes. That you know it. Hopefully um, you're not committing it. <laughs> but I think that we did grow up with this sort of modernized, prettied up version of that very heresy, which is to say what you just said. If yeah. you had a desire that wasn't basically leading souls to Christ uh, doing something within the church, uh, something in the spiritual realm, mm -hmm. any desire apart from that, whether it was something as audacious as I want to have a lot of money, or if it was like, right. please, sir, may I have a winter coat? Yeah, or just or just a beating. I'll just take the beating, sir. <laughs> I think in some ways this is this is very tightly knit with one of Martin Luther's overarching tenets. And it was... I don't say that about him hatefully. If you read truly about he, his life, he was a tormented man, mm -hmm. um, would go through almost manic depressive yeah. swings of things because he would have these same depression, anxiety, sadness, and this overarching tenet he described that we are all dung, that, mm -hmm. at, uh, that through the intervention of Christ's death on the cross, ultimately a pure blanket was thrown over the dung, but it was still dung underneath. Yes, right. And so you you view yourself that way. That's where a lot of this comes from, I think. But, mm -hmm. oh, there's so much more. How about you? Well, the inability to believe that I am lovable certainly is something that has plagued me. A lot of my anxiety found its root in and would really flourish when I felt like I just could not be as productive as I felt like I should be, not even really knowing if I had a reasonable expectation for productivity. Mm -hmm. But my doing of things was so intertwined with my sense of worth. I was just going to ask, is that somehow tied to a, a system of merit right. that you created? Yeah, exactly. I can, I can at least allow myself the most basic things that even a dog deserves if if it, I'm minimally overproductive and doing a whole bunch of crap. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and so that, to me, uh, that's definitely a place that I would come to this, especially the anxiety piece. Um, this is not, I don't, I'm not cutting you off. I want to interject a common thread. I can remember, and maybe people have heard the, the term either Protestant or Puritan work ethic. Mm -hmm, yeah. Um, I mean, I can, it was so important. Excuse me as I belch like an ape. It was so important to my parents as I was growing up that I'd be taught how to work hard. And then I'm not blaming them. And that's a, that's not a bad thing in yeah. and of itself. Yeah. But very, very quickly into things. Yes. This, this system of merit got tied into how insanely, 
you would, would make yourself work. And I did, for a lot of years, worked insanely. Well, absolutely you did. And I don't recall a season of your life with, when the insane amount of work that you did brought you true and lasting joy. Right. It, it, and it wasn't... <laughs> I don't think any of that in anybody's mind that, that goes that route, it's not done just like it didn't sound like it was for you. You don't go do all that because you think it will make you worthy or deserving. It's so that you feel like, well, at least I can loosely justify the table scraps of life Yeah. because I've killed myself over here. Exactly. It's all I could do just to deserve, send, send me the junk. That's, that's what I've earned. And so to dovetail with that, this belief for myself that I wasn't worthy of love or esteem or anything if I wasn't creating and doing and accomplishing at a certain level, I would fall into and have even this year fallen under waves of depression, believing like I don't have what it takes to be successful in the work that I want to do. Mm -hmm. I'm inefficient. I don't have the personality, and, you know, like whatever the, there's all kinds of messaging that I had internalized and told myself. And so the more I would focus on that, the deeper into depression I would go because I had this desire to do this thing, to do this work, but the not trusting myself piece was huge that I just, that other people can do it. I look at my colleagues and peers who are doing it and I think I'm missing the thing that they have, that they're doing it. I just can't do it, even though I have the desire to do what they're doing. I can speak from an observer's perspective and say, I watched you follow a million different recipes mm -hmm. for motivation. Mm -hmm. Right. Do you want to speak to that any? Well, why don't you? You okay. have, might have some more specifics in mind. Well, most simply, and we within all of these different sources of material, not too many weeks back, we ran across something that pointed out that you don't, it's, motivation is a physical thing. Yeah. And that you don't require motivation when you are inspired. But you can't possibly be inspired if you're doing something just to warrant the lowest, your acceptance of the lowest rung yes. of anything. Yes. And so you do desperately need everybody's however many step program for mm -hmm. uh, to motivate you to be productive. And they don't stick because motivation yes. is force. Yes. And we just don't operate well under force. That's not how we were created. We were created to exercise free will and we don't. We don't want to do that shit. Yeah, exactly. So understanding the difference between motivation and inspiration, mm -hmm. which we can talk about here in a little bit, uh, that's been huge. So, all right. So, so, yes, along those lines, though, we have these internal messages that we uh, have embedded in our minds and, and have shaped how we view the world. But there's also external messages that are coming in. Right. And, and far more than probably we give credit to. Yeah. Um, a huge external message, and I don't know if this is the direction you were heading or not, but a huge external message is absolutely just the physical circumstances we find ourselves right. surrounded by. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, years back, I've, I've done a lot, and I'm not saying this like I'm a doctor because I stayed at a Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> um, for my job in financial services, I've done a lot of reading 
around investor psychology. Yes. That got to be a huge thing for a time. I don't know that it's quite as popular as it once was, but that doesn't, I don't think, cheapen in any way the validity of so much of what's offered there. Right. And anytime we can point to someone else when we're examining something, I think we stand to be more honest than if we're being forced to look in the mirror as we do so. Right. Um, But I'd run across a particular guy noted and celebrated as a very successful trader, but far beyond the trading that he did, um, he held, it was basically unlicensed psychological work with other traders. And one of the statements that, that he made frequently was to the tune of you, you get, for him saying this about trading, you get out of trading exactly what you want. Mm-hmm. That whatever it is that you are getting is what you want. And at the time, I thought, that's the stupidest thing <laughs> that I've read in at least a month, if not many months. Mm-hmm. And I don't disagree with that assessment. I still think that's really stupid. Okay. But what I think is really brilliant is to read that statement differently and say, you get exactly, you are getting exactly what you believe you deserve. Mm -hmm. And whatever you're getting is what you think you deserve. We've talked about this exhaustively from the perspective of if we don't believe really that we deserve something, then we find subconscious oh, ways yes. to sabotage every time anything better yep. from coming along. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we, you know, when you're in it, you would be so resistant to hear like you're sabotaging yourself right. here. You'd be like, what? I am not. I'm working so hard. And I'm, you know, you'd have all of these external reasons for why you're not. But ultimately that capacity that we have to reject whatever it is that we think that we deserve right. is really limitless. It is. <laughs> well, and I loved Jen Sincero wrote to this as she talked about celebrating kind of a reverse martyr perspective of, you know, making sure that everything she bought was secondhand, different things like that. Now I'm not picking on that practice and I don't think she was either. What she was pointing to was there's nothing wrong with doing that or not doing that. What's wrong is your heart towards it. Right. And if you're doing it because you refuse to accept that you might deserve something different, well, that's, there's a big problem Yes. there. Yes. In that you're not valuing yourself. Right. Some people go and shop thrift stores and secondhand stores because it's fun. Yes. They love the thrill of the chase and the hunt and the get the great score that it literally, they're inspired to do it because mm-hmm. it's a fun thing for them. And they think they deserve, for them, they deserve the time that it takes to go and do the thrifting right. and do all the th- the fun stuff around it. So it can be the exact same practice. It's where your motivation and your inspiration is coming from. Exactly. It's any, any activity can be made wrong or right. It's your heart towards it. That's so much of what 
the Ignatian spirituality is about. Yes. The examine. It is to look and, and say, well, there's nothing inherently wrong with this. Am I making it wrong? Right. Yes. I was just going to say that. I remember one of your earliest revelations as you were beginning the spiritual exercises was this motivation piece and what, where is your heart in this thing? So that's, that's a, I mean, it's, it can feel intimidating to say, oh, well, I need to really examine this. But at the same time, at the moment I heard it, I don't know that I'd felt so free Yeah. in yes. decades Yes. to yes. say there Again, this so to begin to be able to give some kind of credit to the internal me mm-hmm. that this thing that I want that doesn't mean it's a lustful temptation, it doesn't mean inherently I'm an evil prick and I can't trust anything that I say to myself, right? It says, No, that there's actually nothing wrong with that thing, but what's your heart towards it, right? That's yeah. a lot easier conversation, and it's really encouraging to think, Yeah. Hey, there's some good stuff out there that I actually do have the right perspective towards, and there's no reason that I should be withholding from myself. Let's keep going down the path that way and talk about the actual specific uh, concept of desire, which I think both of us definitely grew up. I know one Bible verse from the book of Psalms that was used consistently uh, in, in ways that were meant to sort of it, at the very minimum, at the most like innocent, I suppose, to make you question your desire, but sometimes was used outwardly to and outright to uh, diminish desire. Yes, is the verse that says the heart is deceitful above all things. Who can trust it? Yeah. Now, that is in the Bible. It's also in a book of poetry mm-hmm. that can be an interesting thing to if you if you think about that like as you're considering motivation like maybe you do need to say am i deceiving myself am i justifying something especially we're going to talk about this in a minute something that you like specifically know is not cool with god right <laughs> right kind of the, one of the beauties of religion and and whether you're a religious person or not the simple fact that the world powers all of us yes we operate off of Judeo-Christian principles, yeah. In- whether we want to like that or not. Right. Yeah. And so, yeah, we have we have a, a barometer against which to test things. Exactly. I cannot sit here and say, golly, I really, I desire my neighbor's car so much. And you know what? I, I have that desire. I should just go ahead and have it. No, you can't right. do there that. Specifically, I'm going to take it. I'm going to go over there and steal it. Right. No, you cannot do that, whether or not you are a, uh, a whatever your religious or non-religious beliefs are. Right. That's against the law. And right. so. <laughs> right. Or, yeah. Or, boy, my neighbor's wife is smoking hot. I'm just going to go have an affair. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, I mean, you yourself, if you are married, you made a vow you yourself made the vow yes so yeah so anyway all of that to say i used that in in a way that i thought was discerning for many years but the end result for me the way i had internalized that was if i want something i cannot trust it because in my heart i am deceitful right right yes okay yes which the reality of what that verse is saying certainly not adding any more context than was used to pull it out of context mm-hmm. is to say, well, yeah, you, you examine things then. 
You don't just right. trust every. You don't just declare that everything is good because you desire right. it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But so let's talk about this because yeah, this is a huge thing that recently we've discovered in Julian's writings, Mother Julian's writings in her Revelations of Divine Love. Well, this was from also from Waddles, also from Sincero. Yes. Yeah. Talk about that. So. I went, we both did. I only will absolutely speak for me, though. I don't want to force words into your mouth. You're not going to bully me? I'm not. I'm going to I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. I choose to be strategic with my bullying. Okay, good. Um, there began a transition to see, as Waddles would state, that desire is something, it's, he called it p- potential yes. that's unfulfilled. Yes. But to recognize that desire, you desire something because there is something unfulfilled within you. Yes. Um, and as we've worked to appreciate that, unpack that, identify desires that we have and look at them. Yeah. Um, to realize that desire for a specific thing, like I desire a watch, a wristwatch, mm-hmm. that my desire for a specific thing, well, that thing ultimately stands to be used as a tool to improve me in some way. Right. Mental, physical, spiritual, or some combination thereof. Right. And so then, yeah, I'm going to, I'm just going to run through a whole list of things. Wait, can I say something before we get into Julian? You reminded me of when you mentioned Waddles. Yes. Is that one of his key parts of his philosophy is that God gives us that desire, which Julian speaks to, of course, but um, that he wants to experience the thing through us. Yes. The the desire comes to him to experience his creation through his creation. Yes. And that was such a light bulb for me to be like, not only is it not evil for me to have a desire, but like, what am I depriving God whom I love so much of by saying, Oh no, 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 I, I, that's not for me. I can't do that or whatever the thing is when in, and again, we're going to get into so much of this with Julian, but, um, so the grotesquely oversimplified, Uh perspective of this is when do you enjoy a cup of great coffee more by yourself or with someone you love? Well, for me, with someone I love. I I honestly think that's true for most of us about most things is that it's most enjoyed in good company. Mm -hmm. And we are called to a relationship with God. How could we enjoy more what he's provided? How could he enjoy more what he's created than to share it with us? Exactly. Yes. And not just share it like... Here, you filthy animal, now go run off and do your thing, no. but to actually experience it with you in the moment. Exactly. It's a it's a joint participation in the mm-hmm. thing together. And and as Waddles points out, when you approach that also with gratitude, it's just such a powerful, meaningful aspect of relationship that I didn't know existed. So so much freedom there. So here's just a ton of pulled quotes from from recent within the last handful of days stuff from Julia Norwich of Norwich's book, Revelations of Divine Love. You stop me at any point okay. to discuss, interject, correct okay. me if I've okay. said something wrong. Um, everything is good except sin. Nothing is evil except sin. Mm-hmm. And she does talk beautifully, poetically, and I think more accurately than I've ever heard about 
then what is sin? Mm -hmm. um, you'll have to read the book if you want that part. Yes, and it is very well, well worth the read for yes. that. Um, Christ wants us to be like him in oneness of unending love towards ourselves and towards others, not wanting our love to be withheld from either mm -hmm. ourselves or others. Mm -hmm. He wants us to love us as much as he loves us. Yes. He wants us to love others as much as he loves others. Yes, yes, yes. God wants that in prayer, we do not pray for just anything, but for that thing, which is God's will and to his glory. Now, to pause there, if I read nothing more of the book, would stir up a lot of old bad feelings okay. for me. And okay. I'll reread that once again. Okay. God wants that in prayer, we don't pray for just anything, but for that thing which is God's will and to his glory. Okay. So this is not a concept with which I'm unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. But I absolutely, at this point, spoiler, I don't think I've ever really understood it appropriately. Um, I've asked myself many times over the years, well, how do I pray for God's will and his glory? Mm -hmm. Is it literally saying, God, I want your will to be done? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is, in fact, exactly how instructions are offered to pray. And I will very boldly say that's the most generic chunk of bullshit. Oh, dear. If that's all you can do, yeah. then yes, do that. But is that the end game? I don't think so. No. Okay. No. Um, further, my trust or my faith is incomplete with this perspective. Okay. Um, and I started reading another note, but I don't want to go any further than that just yet. Okay. Um, if, if that's all the more, this is back to that perspective of, well, I deserve nothing. Mm -hmm. I'm terrible. I can't trust myself. I'm not really lovely or lovable. I certainly don't love myself. Mm -hmm. So I can't let myself be loved. It'd be dishonest to let someone else love me because I'm not lovable. Right. And the best, the best that I can do in conversation with a God who loves me, no, certainly he can't because I'm not worthy. Right. And I'm not lovable. Then just, okay, God, whatever your will is, I guess send that. Yes. And so... Again, this is an incomplete mm. thing, an incomplete faith. It's a weirdness. It's a pers this perspective of unworthiness, absolute unloveliness. As I mentioned before, it's a major perspective of, of what tormented Martin Luther and, and what was woven throughout a lot of his theology. Mm -hmm. um, so then to directly quote from the book, God told Julian, I am the foundation of your prayers. First, it is my will that you should have something, and then I make you want it, and then I make you pray for it. And if you pray, how then could it be that you should not have what you pray for? Yeah. And that's a really powerful thing to consider that this desire that has welled up in me, well, it's not even... Yeah. My desire. It's God's will that I should have something that makes me better in some way. And I'm so... It's like the old Catch-22. How could I know what I need if I need something so that I know that I need it? Right, exactly. And so 
he would communicate his will and his glory mm-hmm. to us through desire. He would communicate with a physical being that, of course, he knows because he created us. Mm-hmm. Of course, the creator knows what he created. And the best way to communicate with us would be by placing a desire for it in us. And how better to get someone to receive something than to have them want it. Right. Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's like you, this realization of like, it wasn't even our idea to begin with, mm-hmm. you know, which... Right, again, so how could we poop on it? Exactly, exactly. That is so fundamentally paradigm shifting to recognize like this desire is here because you put it in me. And thank you for putting it here. Yes. And rather than ranting and whining and crying. Yes. Um, And then I loved this too. And so God teaches us to pray and firmly believe that we shall have what we pray for because everything which is done would be done even though we never prayed for it. Mm -hmm. And that's so true to look at what has transpired in our lives from day one until now. We've never gone without. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. He's he's going to provide whether we pray for it or not. Mm -hmm. Um, But then the rest of this quote, but the love of God is so great that he regards us as partners in his good work. And so he moves us to pray for what it pleases him to do, for he will reward us and give us eternal recompense for whatever prayer or good that we receive through his gift. As if he were much beholden to us for each good deed that we do, even though it is he who does them, and because we pray him urgently to do whatever is pleasing to him, As if he said, how could you please me more than to pray me urgently, wisely, and willingly to do whatever I wish to do? Yeah. He wants to provide what we need. He's prepped us for it by sending a desire. How could we please him more than by saying, hey, I would like this, please, urgently, wisely, willingly, and it would thrill him to follow through. Which brings a whole new depth of meaning, practice, and perspective to the idea of praying for his will to be done. Yes. And again, disgustingly oversimplified, if you were to approach preferably your child, because if you do this with someone else's child, you'll get arrested. You're going to jail. But if you approached your child and said, 
would you like some ice cream? Yeah. You've already bought the ice cream. You uh, have the ice yes. cream. Yep. Or you wanted to go take them somewhere to get it, whatever, but you ask them, hey, would, would you like some ice cream? And you have planted the seed of desire, and they're like, yes, I would like ice cream. May I have some ice cream, please? Mm -hmm. Then are you going to... No, it's evil to want ice cream, you dirty bastard. I mean, you can lick the straw from a Brahms trash can. That's an ice cream store here. Um, no, it, would, it will thrill you so much more even for the child to say, yes, ma'am, please have ice cream. Right. That's a very good word picture of explaining it. Of licking the straw from the trash well, can? Well, no, but just the thing of like, you already bought the ice cream. Yeah. And then, you know, you spark the desire by saying, would you like this? Yeah. And just the back and forth and the delight that you as a parent take. And again, Jesus said, if you who are evil people yeah. <laughs> wouldn't give a uh, a snake instead of bread or what? Would, a stone, a snake, yes, something, all the bad yeah, things. Yeah, all the bad things to your kids. How much more so does your heavenly father right. want to give you all that is good? So this this defining then this assignment of feelings and reception or lack thereof around desire has undergone such a magnificent metamorphosis mm -hmm. for us mm -hmm. um, that man desire is actually the way that God is communicating with me what I next need and what he so desperately wishes to next provide yes and this isn't so simple as I really want a watch. I really want that wristwatch. Mm -hmm. But it can be. Yeah. It can be. Um, so it's not it's not the name it, claim it perspective in a perverse sense. It's, it's really, to me, bringing a, a deeper breadth of understanding to that. Um, and I, oh, go ahead. I have, I'll tell a story, but please interject well, before. Well, tell the story, but then okay. don't. That you, there's some notes up there that I was okay. going to speak to. Well, go ahead and speak to those. Those that I just scrolled yeah. past? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so rather than when this desire springs up, whatever it may be, instead of trying to push it down, thrill in it, you have in your notes, it should be cause for contemplation and imagination. And I kind of wanted to speak to that because I was listening to a teacher speak on a related concept today. And she was encouraging that one of the most important things that you can do for your life is to make time to daydream, essentially is the, is the terminology she was using, but to set aside time, some people may call it meditation. Some people may call it journaling. Some people, literally, it's your shower thoughts. Yeah. But when your mind is allowed to just run free and think about, meditate on the things that it, that you want, that um, that is sort of like the, the mental playground of this. Yeah. And so giving yourself space to think on those things. I've done this through journaling. And I have been amazed at how transformative it is. I will sit down and think that I'm going to journal out kind of like when I'm wanting to see happen in this one area. And the momentum that things start coming to the surface as I'm writing it out that I, it wasn't there before. Right. Talk about, you know, Waddles talks a lot about this and, and, um, I think it's just such a universal concept that when we move into this space, we are creating, we are co-creating with God. And in those moments, I genuinely see things 
being created in my heart and mind that I know didn't come from me because they weren't there until I sat down and kind of engaged in mm-hmm. just making a space for God to speak to me and through me as I consider these desires. And perhaps that flows when you can stop denying yourself, stop right. arguing with it, stop trying yes. to be like, no, it's a desire, so it's evil. Mm-hmm. I don't deserve whatever. But no, just let the th- just let the thought go. Let yes. it wander and meander where it may. Yes, exactly. So anyway, uh, that thing about the cause for contemplation, imagination, um, I just think that that's so important. And if you're, if anybody who's listening is struggling to be like, I don't actually know what I want, which believe me, raising my hand, I've been there so often in my life. Yeah. Uh, I'm so used to pushing down my desires that to even try to reconnect with what I wanted was seemed impossible, but yes. the contemplation imagination piece. When you build up so many barriers yes. through denial of self, mm-hmm. I think it it requires something special, a new approach, a new perspective to even unlock those again. Exactly. Yes. And it may feel like at the beginning, it's just a trickle, you know, it's just like a little, if mm-hmm. I can just get a little glimpse but I do think that the more you allow yourself the freedom, totally non-judgmental. That's the thing for me about journaling. I know it's completely private. It's literally just me and God, no judgment. And so once I can start just daydreaming, writing, imagining, it's truly incredible what comes out of those moments. So Yeah. Yeah. So so part of the journey then, and it's not like, you know, just because we read these things and had some thoughts and agreed with it, all of that. It doesn't mean it's whole and complete no, in us. We're there's, beginners. There's now the <laughs> the daily, regular, multiple times a day task of putting into practice mm-hmm. of recognizing, oh yeah, this is actually where I'm supposed to do that instead of just being thinking it was cool to discover it. Right. Yes. Um, and then maybe we'll touch more on that with another story. I don't know yet. Um, but I do. I did want to speak to you know sometimes. And I think it has to do maybe partially with, with a degree of maturity as we practice examining things. But then maybe, too, there comes a point where there just has to be some faith uh, along the way. Because sometimes you can look at a thing, a thing that you've desired. You realize, I've desired this. Sometimes, sometimes not. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, ahead of time, you can and look at it and, and kind of self self-walk through and say, oh, well, what I really am desiring that I see this thing providing for me is this thing over here. And there may be a better way to this thing over here that I need without this specific thing. Right. But that you don't have to force yourself down that path right. to deny the thing right. either. And so a handful of weeks back, I think I mentioned, I know I mentioned it on the show. I had a, a lifelong love for watches, timepieces, and owned several for a time, uh, collected several for a time, none of them honestly good watches mm-hmm. because I could never allow myself to have something good, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that you know, that looks similar to something else that's good and it's on sale and it's cheap, so I can I can handle the guilt well enough through this path to get there. Um, but the thing well, I'll come back to that. So so here recently, this desire for a watch, it resurged out of seemingly nowhere. Mm-hmm. I, I truly think the desire has been there all along, oh, but yeah. I've done a great job of boarding it up mm-hmm. in the dungeon mm-hmm. and 
couldn't even hear it whimper any longer. Exactly. But I, I realized, wow, I really, really want and desire a nice watch. Mm -hmm. And so I very hesitantly, very testingly said, okay, and went and hunted and I found one and it was not cheap. It's probably more expensive than any, all the watches I've ever owned added together mm -hmm. and gave myself permission tentatively to get that. Mm -hmm. And I did, I got it, it arrived, I got it sized, put it on and noticed every time I, I checked the time on it, which I much prefer overlooking at a computer screen or a phone. Mm -hmm. Every time I look down and check the time on it, there's something that occurs within me Yes, that's different. Mm -hmm. And I enjoy it. I don't feel guilty for having it. I enjoy it. It brings gratitude, a very real realization that this is something gorgeous that God created. And the only reason that he's created anything is for us. Yes. And to co-enjoy with him. Right. And, and so it was in retrospect then, and maybe it means something different tomorrow or next week. Right. But in this moment now, I can look down and realize this is physical, tangible proof and reminder every time I check the time that I am lovable and that I am loved. Yes. By God, that this that he saw fit mm -hmm. to provide this. And so in the grand scheme of things, did I need a watch? No, I needed to know that I was lovable and that I was loved. Right. Yes. And this thing is what God used to uh. do it. That's so huge. But now I don't need this thing any longer. Right. And so I'm not I'm 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 not fixated on this watch any longer. I certainly don't love it in place of God. Right. I'm deeply appreciative of it, but if it if I drop it and it breaks, if it gets stolen tomorrow, anything else, do I all of it have I all of a sudden forgotten? that I'm loved. No, I hope not. And that I'm lovable. No. no. And for that matter, does that mean I'll never have another watch this nice? That I'll never have a watch that's nicer? No. No, maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I'm not, I don't desire one at this time. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not concerned about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot just about a watch, right? But it's significant. It, was it a is. a huge moment of learning and application of learning yes. as well. Yes. Yes. So all of this, all of this so much has been about finding harmony with God, but doing so by first finding harmony with myself, mm -hmm. giving myself permission, yeah. ceasing to make excuses to hang on or to even search out and find some guilt or some shame or some fear to hang on to, um, that to find harmony with myself by ceasing arguments with desire, mm -hmm. um, which certainly is easier when you can realize, well, that desire wasn't mine. I don't have to argue with me anymore. It wasn't mine to argue with that it was placed there by God. It was his desire because he knows what I need. And maybe the best way to get me to receive what I need is to make me want it first. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that when I trust him, by trusting that desire, that as desires are filled, how can I not recognize how lovely, how lovable, 
how incredibly loved that I am. Right. Even though it feels weird to say that. It's not like I'm now all full of me and everyone line up to love at the feet of the Kyle. It's still a wrestling match. It's still a journey. And also it seems to me from what I've read from Julian's revelations um, that she received, like overarchingly, the message is just so much love. Mm -hmm. The depth of love that each of us is loved with. Right. Now that can be... Again, that can be such a wrestling match. Mm-hmm. You know, what if, what if I don't deserve to be loved? Because I don't merit that. I've not done something necessarily that I can point to to say, well, I deserve to be loved. I made an A on the test, so I deserve some praise, right? Um, I mean, how, how could I deserve something? I mentioned this earlier. How could I deserve something that I need in order to become better? Mm-hmm. Rather... I deserve and can receive when I trust that God loves me so much that he created what I need and that he's alerted me to my need for it through desire and that he wants me to ask for it so that he can provide it, showing me in a very physical way that he loves me ridiculously. Ridiculously. I think a huge part of this that has, you know, each, each revelation that we've gotten along the path has allowed me to better receive the next truth. So for me, when, and I've, said this 10 million times on Awesome Today, one of the most important concepts has been the practice of gratitude, mm-hmm. which, hey, that surprises me because I feel like I've always been a fairly thankful person. But it's this new practice of gratitude, which is to, first of all, acknowledge literally, like you said, everything that's created has been created mm-hmm. for us. But the concept that you can be both grateful, sincere, gratitude in the moment for what is already here, whatever that may be, and also thankful for what's to come. Yes. Yes. And I know, I feel like we've already told part of the van story, Mm -hmm. but I, I think it's worthy of a revisit here. Okay. To say gratitude on, what day was that? Friday? Thursday. Thursday. Gratitude on Thursday, on Wednesday night and Thursday morning mm-hmm. was, we, we literally have vehicles to get us wherever we need to go. Yes. Are they our first pick? Do we desire something more? Well, certainly we desire something more. Well, yeah. Even to go back even before the thing with the brakes happened, mm-hmm. um, the Saturday before that, last Saturday, yeah. um, I had decided, to me, that this actually goes back, this all of like yeah, these yeah. concentric circles. So go, go back a, a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, whatever. Okay. And yes, what yeah. did you do? So I took my van to the car wash. And, and why did you do that? Because I had the revelation, I deserve to drive a vehicle that is not sticky and disgusting and covered in pollen on the outside and trash. I mean... It, I actually had been doing better than I have in the past, but still it was, you know, paper clutter, mm-hmm. um, kids stuff. You know, I just, I had this revelation of like my whole life that I've been driving, I have never kept a tidy vehicle and it's not because I'm a slob. It's because I just didn't have that inward inspiration that says, no, I deserve to have a vehicle that I'm not embarrassed if I suddenly have to give somebody a ride. Mm-hmm. And even more than that, that I don't feel gross and bad about getting in and out of mm-hmm. on the many trips that I use my vehicle every day. Mm-hmm. So I had decided 
This van is older than AJ. It's got a lot of problems, but you know what? I can take care of it the best I can take care of it right now from a place of gratitude. And so I had gone, cleaned it out, vacuumed, done the outer car wash, and I made a commitment to myself. I'm going to do this at least every other week to mm -hmm. keep it tidied up. Yeah, and we talked about, you and I, we talked about, there's a, a guy that I previously worked with, and at the time that, that we were working together, in the earliest days that we were working together, we were both poorer than dirt. Yeah. Dirt was wealthy in comparison to us. Uh -huh. And despite that, every time we needed to go somewhere, he was eager to volunteer to drive, and everyone agreed if for no other reason, well, that means he's paying for gas and not us uh, because we were poor. But every time we got into his car, there was no, there was no trash, there was no mess, there was no dust. It was orderly, clean. It was almost refreshing to step into it from anywhere else in your life. And as part of when we were coaching, um, every every Friday you have a chunk of time to yourself mm -hmm. during the week, not much. And part of his, every coach then had a Friday routine, mm -hmm. whatever it was they went to do. And so every Friday, when we had that chunk of time, he would go take his car to a place that washes and vacuums out the car. Yeah. And then he would go get a massage mm -hmm. and then he would come to the office. Mm -hmm. and, and, and as you and I discussed your, your interior change to say, right. You know, I, I deserve to have this car. I deserve to have a vehicle that I can insist I will drive so that other people can enjoy it. Yes. Yeah. So it was like I, for the first time, was like, I allow myself to be the kind of person who has a clean and tidy vehicle. Mm -hmm. That desire has been there all along. It just got muddied up and pushed down in the midst of a lot of other things. But I was like, I... I allow myself to be the kind of person that has a clean and tidy car. As I was vacuuming out the, the van, I am not the kind of person, this is sincere, I don't think about vehicles very much. Um, I just like whatever gets you from point A to point B. If you ask my sister, she can rattle off her top 10 list of vehicles that she would love to have. I just don't. She's probably texting it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't think about it that much. But as I was vacuuming out the van that day, I thought to myself, I just let myself have the thought of, I might want to get another vehicle mm -hmm. that was, it was just that generic. It was just that like, it might be time. I might like to have that. And so, was that your decision? Well, do you think in this, in retrospect now, I don't think it was right. Maybe there was a desire <laughs> placed there yes. for what you need. Exactly. And you were made to kind of just the inkling of a want, the inkling of a want. And so that's the context for us going into this week where okay. then it, all of a sudden it's yeah. like, Oh, well, so Thursday morning, like I said, we're, we're in a new place of gratitude mm -hmm. for the vehicles we have. We've always, we've always low-key appreciated, yeah. you know, well, it may feel, I may look like I'm driving a piece of trash, but it gets me there, right? <laughs> There's, I can only Thanks imagine. God. I can only imagine what people are imagining about our vehicles yeah. right now. <laughs> in fairness, they're probably not a lot different than yours or anybody else's, and that's not an insult. It's a realization that we all... That's why we're having this conversation today, right, because yes. we all have this this weird version of depression, anxiety, and yes, 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 sadness, and all these things. Right. Um, even if even if we've managed to cloak them well, yeah, uh, by putting that white blanket over the top, they're right. still there. Yeah. So yeah, we roll into Thursday morning, living in a pretty 
pretty a far better place of gratitude than we've ever been. And Meg runs a quick errand or two, comes back, texts me on her way back. Hey, I need you to listen to the brakes. Mm-hmm. Something weird. My first response, thankfully, was not face to face with you mm-hmm. because it was it was probably similar to what many of you can imagine. Was well, damn. Just in the moment that it looks like we might get a leg up on things, here comes more bullshit to spend money on. Right. Um, but I had some time to very quickly. I was very pleased. I'm very tickled with myself that the transition was so quick. Mm-hmm. I, I said to myself, as I have many self conversations, I'm not ashamed of that. I said, "Hey, man, everything in this world, it it has a limited time span that it works for." Right. And that's not even being existential about things. <laughs> no. Just, that's just reality. Everything comes with an expiry yes. on it. Mm-hmm. And, man, I mean, we, this, we paid cash for this vehicle. We've had no car payment since for your vehicle since 2006 for this van. No, I'm sorry. We got it in eight. Okay. The van no, itself no, 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 is... No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Yeah. The van I'm is in 2006. Gibberish. We bought it in 20... 2012. 13 at the latest. 13 at the latest. Yeah. Um, so since 2013, which is now a nice stretch of seven years, we've had no payment. The only thing we've had to pay for on that is general maintenance. And then every now and again, a little something, something breaks down and you get it fixed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and this, to again, realize, man, look how long we've gone without having to pay for something that should by definition be falling apart every day. Mm-hmm. How is it not just a pile of bolts and transmission fluid in the driveway? Right. Yeah. Um, because we haven't exactly taken the best care of stuff, <laughs> you know, because we weren't exactly in gratitude for it. Right. Exactly. So I went through that transition and then by the time you and I were face to face and you weren't in a great place mm-hmm. because we, we have that but clenching anxiety anytime money comes up, right? Right. Is there anyone who doesn't? Right. If you don't, then you rock or you're a liar, <laughs> one or the other. Um, but we, we, we I then began to try to speak some calming truth mm-hmm. and say those things. And I offered in the moment, I said, you know, maybe this is something that allows us to, to get it fixed before something tragic occurs. Or, hey... You know, maybe it's something simple. We'll find out that even I could fix it. Or, you know, maybe this is God encouraging us to get rid of the van because there's a new vehicle for us mm-hmm. that, that we need now that he would prefer that we have. Right. We don't know what the future holds. The, fan, the van's currently, right now, great for what we need to do today, but we don't know what we'll need to do tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So I say all that feeling like, well, you know, I've cheered her up. I've sh- shared all this. Um I didn't realize in the moment how I wasn't yet fully believing all that. Sure, of course. Again, we're beginners at right? this. It's, right? We're clumsy on the path. I mean, I believed it soft core. Yes. I believed it like a kissing scene, but not like the pants came off. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. That's a different level of belief. Am I wrong? <laughs> no. I love horrible <laughs> analogies with you. I love to watch you turn red. Um. So a few hours later, I'm sitting at my desk. My mind is completely in a new place. I'm working on something else. And we get notification from the shop that here's the report. They do the place that we go emails a report that says, uh, hey, I know you only asked me to see my baloney, but I want to show you everything. And so they send this huge report 
three tiers, three tiers of things that are wrong, three lists of things that are wrong. Yeah. So that you can pick and choose would I like you to basically rebuild my car from the ground up? <laughs> yeah. Or am I just a cheap bastard? They try to reverse psychology you into doing more than you want it oh, to. Oh yeah, absolutely. And so, they, but they don't put prices on that list. Oh no, of course. You have to call them and talk. Yes. And so I called him and, and he's, you know, he's doing the song and dance and I don't have time for that. Right. And I don't think there's anything wrong with me not having time for that. No. I shut down his tapestry of verbs and adjectives and says, hey, look, to fix the brakes, what's the cost going to be? He quotes a price and I, I messed myself a little bit. It was a lot more money than I had imagined that it might be. And so I told him, good decision on my part. Hey, uh, I need a minute to think about this. I'll call you back. Otherwise, it could have gotten pretty ugly. I did. When he said the number, I did go, damn, <laughs> audibly, out loud. I did that on the phone because I feel like it's good for them to hear that too. Yes. So I did some quick looking around at some things. I'm not, for something like brakes, could I fix them? Yeah. But am I, is it a risk that's worth taking to me? Not to me. Not on the family vehicle. If no. it's just mine, hey. I'll, I can deal with whatever injuries may occur, but I don't want to put the health of all of you at risk. And it is the family moving vehicle. Yes. So I, I went and looked and realized that the price he was quoting was not a lot less than what the actual value of the van is. Right. Bearing in mind, it's a 14-year-old van. It's a 14-year-old van. So I called him back, and I pointed that out because it makes me feel good to point out things like that. Yeah. Um, and, and he tried to to argue very half-heartedly. He knew I was right. So yeah. he was like, oh no, that's worth more than that. Mm -hmm. But it was such a, yeah, such a weak yeah. serving of, of argument. Um, ultimately, you know, I, I ended up ending the call, not in anger, yeah. not like I was hanging up like an angry bastard and calling back to hang up again. But I ended the call two more times to say, give me, give me some time to think and, and look at stuff. Yes. And what we ultimately realized, then cooperatively conversating together, my wife and I, not the mechanic and I, <laughs> was to say, hey, jackass, remember a few minutes ago when you said, maybe this is God removing this so that we're able to receive the next thing? That's exactly what was happening. And so rather than go fix the litany of things that are wrong with the van, we chose to spend a smaller amount that will fix it well enough to drive it for a few weeks while we go shop for what it is that we're supposed to get next. And we have been so bold as to say, what do we desire? Right. And that's been hard for you. Yes. To admit. Yes. What you desire. It's been a whole process. Yeah. It's been hard for me to be financially aware and I'm, I can get a little miserly. I like to know that there's a cushion. Oh, yeah, me there, too. Sure. And far greater than it needs to be. Absolutely. And I found myself at one point as I was looking, you know, you enter in different search terms within whatever site you're looking at to mm -hmm. try to land within a price range. Right. Of ultimately what your, your monthly payment would be, because right. this will be the first vehicle I've ever owned myself that has payments. Mm -hmm. I've always paid cash. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that's the right way to do it. No, it's just, it's just how I've done it. Yeah. Um, and I caught myself at one point 
it was really interesting because there was a massive, massive difference in what a hundred more dollars a month gets mm -hmm. for age vehicle amount of wear and tear already on it, mm -hmm. which is going to equate to what the ongoing maintenance costs were. Right. Be. Yes. And when I when I realized you're Kyle, you're really approaching this wrong that a hundred dollars makes enough psychological difference to you on a monthly basis that you would buy something that's you know is not the ideal. Mm-hmm that is going to cost more in maintenance, that all these other issues. And so I had to then allow my financial evaluation to match yeah. both your desire and mine, because I didn't desire, I don't desire a vehicle that already has a hundred thousand miles on it. Right. For this, for where we are right now, yeah. that's a bad choice. Yes. No matter what the vehicle is. Right. And so to get over the hundred, I mean, if I have to, I could go deliver pizzas to get the extra hundred. I'm not going to have to. We don't have to. I was being too miserly. Yeah. So yeah. So we're, again, it's a very testing. I wish we could say we were absolute in everything because we read it and it made sense. No. We're, we're trying to be bold enough to step out in faith to test the truth of that. Yes. 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 And yes. we're going to go get you one hell of a vehicle. Yeah. Well, here are. It's going to happen. It is. Very soon. Yeah. We only bought a few weeks time and <laughs> we've set a time limit on ourselves yeah yeah so that is a huge application of what we're learning and yes. it is not any it's scary but it's also exhilarating yeah to be in this space and so all of this and at least from my perspective and please offer yours as well the reason i will say we but really the reason i felt like i was so on board with let's talk about depression, anxiety, and sadness. It's not because we are the sage advisors that are going to show you poor fools how to no. make your way there. No. It was the realization that, you know, though we're all snowflakes, um, we all wrestle through this depression, anxiety, and sadness on differing differing degrees of severity and certainly something that fluctuates yeah. over the course of life. I got to a pretty ugly place. I've been climbing out of it for definitively 10 months. Been climbing into a very new place I didn't even know existed. Mm -hmm. And it's exhilarating. Yes. I'm I'm excited about what what's going to happen next. Right. And and more than anything, I want other people to have that feeling too. Yes. Yes. And that's why we're sharing all of this. Yeah. It's just the outflow of what's going on in our hearts. And in our lives. So. Yes. And in the meantime, if we end up crashing and burning magnificently, you get to be a NASCAR fan and watch it happen. Absolutely. Drink a cold beer at the infield. and. Yep. I knew that was going to happen. I told them. <laughs> yes. But when things fulfill and we continue to advance magnificently and you're standing by yourself in the infield and they just turn the lights out and your beer's empty... Follow us. We're we're doing our best to leave the trail of crumbs behind. That's right. That's a good way to say it. That's right. a good place to end, I think. It probably is. So, for this Monday, have an awesome today, would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. The original heresy that condemned the flesh was called docetism. As is true with all heresies of antiquity, it is something that tends to resurface and repeat. Don't be fooled by it. You are good, and you are worthy of love.
Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.